0: This is the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets, and they followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. When I was in seminary, it felt like people were always asking me about my call story. You know, the story of how I felt God calling me into ministry, how I knew I was supposed to be a pastor. People would ask me about my call story all the time. Tell me about your call story. Explore your call story. Reflect on your call story. What do you notice about your call story? Here, write 10 pages about your call story. I wonder, has anybody ever asked you about your call story? Why not? Maybe you're thinking, well, it's because I'm not called to be a pastor like you incredibly holy, devout, pious, well-learned, amazing, flawless, beautiful people. (laughs) Maybe you're not called to be a pastor, but you are still called by God. We all are. Though we don't often think of it that way, in our culture, we reserve the word called for very few professions and roles in life, usually the ones that society considers particularly noble or impressive. We talk about ministers being called. For the sake of my marriage, I'll say we talked about doctors being called. Maybe people who create positive social change. But why do we never talk about plumbers being called? I mean, they have some really important, specialized knowledge that we all rely on. Or teachers. Why don't we talk about people being called into teaching? Or farmers, or mechanics, or artists, or parents? Part of the reason is because we have created a sort of hierarchy of professions and work. For years, young people have been told to seek out so-called white-collar jobs, as if they're better or more important than professions we call blue-collar. Students have been told that they must go to college to succeed, while vocational and technical schools have been looked down upon. And not only is all of that not true, it's also reinforced a sense that some people are better, smarter, more important, more successful, worth more respect, simply because of the work they do, while others are not. Take our Gospel reading this morning, where Jesus is calling disciples to come and follow him. Often when people talk about this story, they marvel at the fact that these guys were just fishermen. You know, humble, lowly, pathetic, simple fishermen. I've probably even preached a sermon like that about how amazing it is that God would call lowly fishermen. As if being a fisherman is something to look down on, something embarrassing. And thank goodness Jesus called them out of these lives to do something important. When we use this word call, we often picture something miraculous, spectacular, divine, and and maybe that's how Pastor Sarah was called, but for most of us, being called isn't like that. Much more often, being called is more like a feeling that we can't shake, a feeling that we should move in a certain direction or, or do a certain thing. It can feel like a pull, drawing us down a particular path. Sometimes we're set on that path by someone we trust, or someone who encourages us to pursue our passion, or someone who just makes an offhand comment that connects in our soul. Other times, a sense of call can come from a feeling of of being fulfilled by something, a sense that when we do this, we're making a real difference, and what we're doing is good, and it makes us feel good at peace, like this is what we were made to do. Sometimes we feel called in a moment when we see someone in need, and we know that we've, we've got to help. Sometimes it's our gifts fitting perfectly into a task that needs to be done. Many times, God's call is just a feeling that's hard to describe and won't let go. And we're all called, every one of us. We're all called by God in all sorts of ways, not just our jobs, but our roles and our stations in life. If you're married, that's a calling. If you're a parent, that's a calling. If you're taking care of aging loved ones or grandchildren, that's a calling. If you serve at the food bank or or at the recycling center or as a coach or on the school board, that's a calling. And all of these callings are holy. If we're doing something that's meant to honor God, if it's being done with with honesty and integrity, and if we're contributing to the good of other people in this world, then that is holy work. Just as holy as whatever you suppose us pastors are doing most of the time. We tend to divide work between holy and normal, but the truth is almost all the work we do is a sacred calling from God. If only we can learn to see it that way. I think about those fishermen Jesus called this morning. What could be more holy and important than feeding people? What could be more sacred and valuable than serving others by meeting their most basic of human needs? Each week we pray. Give us this day our daily bread. And these fishermen, just like farmers and migrant workers and truck drivers and grocery store employees and cooks, they are the literal answer to that prayer. The hands and feet through which God works to give us our daily bread and provide for our needs. Or think about parents. Like the parents of this baby we're baptizing, all of whom have disappeared, but I trust they'll return at some point. Parents partner with God to create human life. They're entrusted with the responsibility of forming and shaping children, the joy of teaching children about God and passing on our faith. Parents give their time, their energy, their well-being, their sleep, their hair. They give everything to nurture and care for children, to model unconditional love, to help them find their way in this world. Jamie and Janelle were sitting here, I would tell them this is not something they've just stumbled into. This is a calling from God. Martin Luther once wrote that the work of a parent changing a baby's diaper is every bit as holy as the prayer lifted up by monks in a monastery. We all have sacred work that God has called us to. Even if we've never stopped to think of it that way, faith opens our eyes to see that Our jobs, our stations in life, those everyday moments when we feel a tug in our hearts, these are callings from God. And our responsibility is to exercise all these various calls that we have, to live out all these vocations, to fulfill these roles in the best way we can, honoring God with honesty and integrity and in service to others. Which I have to tell you, It's really, really hard. As a parent, some days it's really hard to see anything holy in what I'm doing. I think we all feel that way sometimes. It's hard to believe that what we're doing even matters, much less that it is sacred. Some days our jobs and roles and vocations feel less like a call and more like a burden. Many days we don't do things in a way that honors God. We don't act or work with integrity and honesty. We don't serve others. We fail to respond to God's call, or we ignore it altogether, or we don't even bother to listen. And here's the good news I want to share with you this morning, especially with too tired parents wherever they are. God can work with that even when we're not at our best, even when we have trouble seeing the sacred in anything, even when we ignore God's voice, even when what we have to offer just isn't very good, God can work with that. God can work with us. And if you need a reminder of that, Just look at our reading from Jonah this morning. God called and Jonah answered, all right. He answered by running in the opposite direction. God told him to preach to the people of Nineveh, the capital city of the Israelites' despised enemies. And Jonah was so full of prejudice and hate that he ran away from God's call. Even after he almost died, even after he spent three days in a fish. When God called again, Jonah responded in the most petulant and childish way possible. He traveled all the way to Nineveh and delivered God's message by speaking one sentence. And then he left and walked out of the city and sat down because he hoped he would get to watch God destroy everybody. A one sentence sermon, you wish, Bob. Because he was so full of anger and hate. And so he just did the bare minimum to get God off his back. And did you see what happened? Even that was enough for God to work with. People repented and changed. God was able to use even Jonah's begrudging and petulant response to accomplish good in the world. Because God can work with what we've got. And I've got to tell you, that makes me so thankful. Because so often in this work as pastor, I feel painfully aware that what I have to offer God and to you, God's people, is not at all my best. And the truly miraculous thing is that God is still able to work with what I can give. God's able to work with the fact that some days we're going to be like those disciples, hearing God's call and immediately dropping our nets to follow, while other days we're going to be much more like Jonah, messing it up or running in the wrong direction, away from where God wants us to be. But God can work with us even when we're not at our best, to do sacred and holy things in this world. Each day brings new opportunities to answer God's call, each hour, each moment, God's calling you in countless ways. So listen, answer, allow faith to open your eyes and see the holy in what you're doing, to see and honor the sacred work that the people around you are doing. And know that even when you're not at your best, even when you don't have much to offer, you are in good company. And God can work with that. Amen.